may be seated. Do you, uh, do you agree or believe what Pastor Bradley was just asking the Lord? Do you believe that you can change the world? All right, three of you do. That, that might start somewhere. Uh, let me ask you again. Do, do you believe, do you believe that you could change the world? Okay, maybe I got six now, so we're getting there. I'm going to keep on in about an hour or so. We'll have all of you on board. Uh, I want to submit to you that you can. Now, you, you yourself cannot, but in Christ you can change the world. You say, well, what is the world, right? You say, it's that globe, right? No, no, no. You draw a three-foot circle around you, yourself, and anyone that enters that circle, that's your world. And they either need to be reminded that Jesus is the leader and Lord of their life, or they need to be told for the very first time that Jesus Christ is the Lord and the leader of their life if they would just surrender all. And so I believe we could change the world. I believe that there were people that we've met, that we will meet, but especially yesterday that we met, that we will change their lives, not us and our own ability, but Christ and His supernatural giftedness to us, that we will make a difference and impact their life. Really, the whole message uh, is going to be about ready, set, go. Uh, I, I want you to understand, I've said this several times, that you cannot spell God and you can not spell the gospel without go. I know I'm from Neary, but I, I know that you've got to use that word to spell gospel and God. And I believe that he'd have us to go. I believe that he has got you strategically placed to use you to make a difference in this world, starting with those people right in your circle. Now, this morning's service is going to be unique. Uh, we're going to do things a little bit different. I'm going to, I'm going to use a couple of people God has brought my way. Uh, we've been telling you and, and trying to get you prepared uh, for the service this morning. We, we, and, and Sandra will introduce uh, our missionary in just a moment, and she will be leaving for Canada really in a week or so. Is it, a, is it even a week? In two weeks. In two weeks. And so she's going to share with you at the very end of the service, somewhere toward the end, we're going to take a special love offering up for her, and, uh, and we're going to bless her. And remember, I was telling you this, that she raises all of her own funds, okay? And, uh, and so we want, to, we, want to, we want to give generously, and we want to bless her as, as she goes, and she'll be speaking again tonight. Um, return, I believe, at Return Baptist Church, she'll be speaking tonight and, and uh, uh, this afternoon at the well. Uh, so she's, she's busy, and so she's out there beating the bushes and letting the Lord open doors and using her. But she's going to help me illustrate, and then one of our very own, uh, Crystal Crawford, is going to come up, and, and uh, she's going to speak to you for just a moment. Uh, and you'll understand as we, as we go through the next hour or so together what this is all about and how we're in. And Crystal, uh, Jamie leaned in and said, now, he's taking love offering for us. Uh, <laughs> no, they're going to make you aware of an opportunity uh, that you can serve. And uh, get plugged in, even, even here uh, in, in, in just a few days. And so we're going to do that. Let, let's recap our series together. And this series was called Imagine If. I wanted you to get to a place that you could imagine in your life that God could absolutely use you to change the world, starting with Him changing you from the inside out. And then, then He would gift you and that He would do these things and, and use you in a capacity that you didn't even think, dream, possible really imagine for your life and so we, we've done a couple of things this morning I'm going to use a verse out of Acts chapter 1 verse 8 It's a very very familiar verse of scripture Acts chapter 1 verse 8 It'll be on the screen if you don't have your Bible with you or your device this is where Jesus Jesus is about to ascend 
the disciples are gathered in the upper room. This is, this is right before Pentecost and the Holy Ghost will come. And they're, they're wanting to know uh, when and, and, and all this good stuff. And Jesus is, is addressing his disciples just like he's addressing us this morning through the Holy Spirit. And, and uh, he's telling them to wait there. And, he's, and he says, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses telling people about me everywhere in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Ready, set, go. And so I want to recap our series and use this verse of Scripture to put it in context about ready, set, go. Let's start with the word ready. Are y'all ready? Say amen. (laughs) Put your seatbelts on, baby. I'm preaching. I got a lot to do in a short period of time to do it. I want you to be ready. He wants you to be ready. This is what I want to recap this morning. The very first message I preached in this series was finding your shape. I didn't ask you were you in shape. I'm talking to you about the shape God designed you, and, and I really, I kicked it up on its side and used it as an acronym, and here's, here's shape. Let me remind you, and those of you who weren't with us, this will, this will be good preaching for you. Those of you that heard this a couple times, act like it's the first time, okay? Act like, wow, okay? S is for spiritual gifts. This is how you discover your shape, spiritual gifts. God has supernaturally gifted you with an ability to carry out the purpose and plan he has for your life. So shape, spiritual gift, H is your heart. What do I have passion for? What do I love to do? What motivates me? What drives me? What is the heart? of What, what, what makes me tick? God has designed you to have passion about something. It's more than getting excited. It's more than getting enthusiastic. I told you I was excited and, and, and really still talking about it. If I hadn't reminded you lately, we're still national champions, all right? And it's been a long time of coming, but we're national champions. And I, I'm passionate about college football, especially the Tigers. But I don't think necessarily that I would die for them. Dabo hadn't called me lately to work on the sideline or to give a pep speech. But anybody that knows him and can put a good word in, I'm willing and ready. Okay? He has it, but I'm passionate about the call of the Lord. There's oftentimes I'll tell him, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going visiting today. I'm, not gonna, I'm tired. Don't you know, Lord? I'm tired. But the passion that he's put in me, the heart that he has given me, it motivates me. And drive. Like when I rolled over this morning, early when the alarm clock went off on the phone, I'm like, oh, Lord, I feel like I just shut my eyes. I'm, several of you felt the same way. And then I realized I'm sunburnt, and I was like, oh, Lord. But we're here. Side note here, Sandra comes. I was on my side of the bed getting ready to bed down. Sandra comes into our master, into the bedroom last night. And she's like, whoa. I didn't know if June bug had jumped off. I didn't know what was going on because she fell off the bed earlier that morning. I didn't know what was going on. She goes, let me take a picture. And I'm talking about true sense of redneck. My, my shirt line, I'm talking about snow lily white to the darkest red, you, I'm just, anyway, it was, incre- I was, but I thought something was wrong, right? and I was like, I can feel it, I know, right, but see, the passion that I have, it, it drives me, and even though I don't feel well, and even, even though you are tired at times, this is what your shape is, this is what drives you and motivates you, this is what, will, what you'll have to re- be reminded of, Nisi, when you're up there, and things don't seem to be going well for you, and there's obstacles in the way, is that this passion God has given you, gifted you already, but this heart, it will motivate you and drive you. That's why you'll leave home and go all those, it's why when it gets tough at the Collins ministry, this is what, this is why you are still where you are. I can't tell you how many conversations we have had or I've listened to. I, you are where you're supposed to be. It's why God's brought you to this crazy bunch of people here. He's, he's got the same kind of passion in this group that can develop your passion that you can use so your shape is 
Spiritual gifts. Heart. A is ability. Don't tell me you don't have an ability. If there's one thing you got from this series, it was me reading this study about how scientists did a, did a study and they said that every person has somewhere between five and 700 abilities. You put your britches on this morning. Let me make sure. Yes. Uh, you, yeah. You, you, you have the ability, right? You have an ability. You can't say, I can't do that. I love this and I, I go by this. If you've worked out with me or you do work with me, this is a phrase you'll hear my kids hear. Can't never could. That was on an elementary school board when I was going to school. Can't never could. Don't tell me you can't. God says you can. Matter of fact, he says all things are possible through him who gives you the strength. So you have an ability, spiritual gifts, heart, ability, your personality. And we all have a personality, don't we? They are flavored, flavored personalities. Some pickled, some pretty. Uh, anyway, it's personalities. And, 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 and more so than the attitude, it, it's, it's, it's really your experience. Which is the last, uh, it, it, it's what you've been through. It's how you see things. God has shaped you. You're ready. You thought those times of shipwreck, you thought those times of stoning, you thought those times of drought, you thought those times of being destitute, you thought those times of being depressed, you thought those times of death, you thought those times of difficult and you never would make it through it and God has brought you through it. You thought all those times were for waste. They were all preparing you for your shape, for you to walk into your destiny. God will make you and mold you and lead you and bring you to a place that he can use you in your specific shape. You're ready. And then, and then I want you to understand with me, I want you to understand with me, and just imagine if you stop trying to be someone you think you should be, and you start being the person God designed you to be, that you are the shape God. Listen, I've had all kind of dreams for my life. I'm still preaching. I had a pastor, a local pastor, to come to our event yesterday, and I love it, and I'm sure he's gracing his pulpit right now and, and blessing his people with the word so he's not watching live. But man, he blessed my heart. He introduced himself and his family. New to the community, and, and uh, I, love, I love that in the conversation they come up, he goes, yep. He said, I realize God's called me to pastor a traditional-style church. And I don't know what he res- wanted response from me, but I'm like, man, that's awesome. That's, that's great. You don't have to be crazy-like and radical like us and all. I mean, you can't on the inside and it come out, but, I mean, you don't have to. It don't have to look a certain way. God's brought you to a place to do a certain job for him and for him to get all the glory. I'm honored that he would use us. I, we're, we're wrecked for the world in any other capacity. We're ready. That's, that's what he's saying to those, 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 those disciples in that upper room. Just, just hang on. The Holy Ghost is coming. You're going to be ready. You're going to find your shape. And, and Peter would go from a guy that was a denier to one that would declare. And absolutely thousands would get saved. And the rest is history. And we're still seeing people saved. Because he walked into his shape. Set. Set is, hey, listen. You've been gifted. The message was, you've been gifted for greatness. I want you to understand that in those seats out there, there's greatness. Why? Because God lives in you and through you, and because God is great and greatly to be praised, he's going to use you in a great and mighty way. Just think for a moment of the things that God gave you the moment you said yes to him. This is your set. This is your ready. I've created you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. You're amazingly, if you really translate the Hebrew there, it's like, wow, God created me specifically just like I am. I'm going through the things that I'm going through because he's shaping me and getting ready, me ready for the work that he's called me to do. And then he says, I'm going to set you up for greatness. Ready, set. Set you up for greatness. Here's what he does when he saves you. He forgives you of all your sins. 
Let me say it again. He forgives you of all the low-down, rotten, no-good, self-centered, stinking stuff that you have ever, ever, ever done. He forgives you of all that, boom, just like that. Boom, no questions. Some of you, by a big plague, yeah, praise the Lord. Some of you are saying, I've been in church, that was nine months before I was in the world. Listen, your testimony is the same as mine. You had to come through the blood of Jesus Christ, no matter what you've done, even if you didn't go to college and get a testimony. I get it. I skipped college and got a testimony and then got saved and went back to college. I mean, that's how mine worked. He forgives you of everything you've ever done, just like that. It's an amazing thing that I pray that you and I will never, ever get over. But it didn't stop there. He, he, he sets us up for greatness. He forgives us for our sins. And in an instant you say yes, you've got eternal life. I didn't get a chance before the band when they were tuning up and tuning in and all that good stuff. And there's, you know, always, always some kinks and things in it, you know. And they're working through those things to get ready for you guys to be here and for us to go live. I wanted to ask them. It's been on my heart all morning. I'm going to ask you, what, what if today was the last day you got to do anything for the Lord? How would you do it? What if we, what, what, just imagine if every day we wake up, we first of all, after we shake out the cobwebs, we say, thank you, God, for this day, and then we approach the day that he has given us as if it was the last day we had to live. How would you serve him? Because, listen, you are, you are going to live for eternity. What you do now, it matters. What you do right now, the decisions you make, the posts that you make, the things that you read, the movies that you watch, the music, and I'm not being legalistic at all. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not doing anything other than trying to challenge you in the Holy Ghost to say, listen, all that you are doing, is it everything you possibly can for the Lord? Because in an instant, he saves you, he forgives you of all your sins, he gives you eternal life, and then he deposits the Holy Ghost in you, just like that. And when the Holy Ghost comes to live inside of you, listen, all this happens at the same time. I'm forgiven, I've got eternal life, and boom, now God lives in me, he is the Holy Spirit. And when he does that, he brings with him a couple of extra things. And his first one is this, it's the fruit of the Spirit. That's our character. That's how we behave, that's how we act. Paul would write the church of Galatians and talk about the fruits of the Spirit. Fruits are plural, they, they're multiple. They're all in one, but they're multiple when they come out. Love and kindness and patience and, and all those things. That's your character. But he also brings with him, watch this, not only the fruit of the Spirit, but the function of the Spirit. And I'm not going Pentecostal on you, all right? I'm talking about he not only changes our character, but he changes our conduct. You see, the things that I think that I could not do and the things that I do now, I think they're a direct correlation. I know they're a direct correlation with the Holy Spirit that lives inside of me. I was an introvert. I still, I still can't handle crowds real well. You'll notice me shift from them. Now, once I get in and get in the gift, I'll politic with the best of them. I'll kiss the babies. I'll hug. I'll shake hands. I'm not a germaphobe. I wiped a lot of slobber away yesterday. I realized I was using my sweat rag to do it as I went like, anyway, just how I roll. That's not me, though. That's the conduct of the Holy Spirit saying, this is what I've called you to do because it had been up to me. I would have just stayed home just like this morning. And so this ready is, he's got you set up for greatness, and he gives you the Holy Spirit. He gets you to do this. And listen, above all things, your gift, your gift is the power 
to bless others. There's not a single person in here that cannot say, I can't bless somebody else. I, I hardly ever carry anything in my pockets. I just can't stand. I can't, you know, I just, I, I wasn't blessed with a rump. So they just go straight down. You know, I've got the belt tied. As it, I know that's a little too much information, but I'm, I'm setting the story up. I'm sorry. And, and, um, and so I don't hardly ever carry anything in my pockets unless it's a necessity. Even my phone, I most of the time give a little mama, and she'll have one in each, each back pocket because God blessed her. Thank you, Lord. And, uh, and so I, I didn't. I didn't. Stay with me. Stay with me. I, I did, I, yesterday, Addison comes up to me, and, and you know, they, if you were here, there was all kind of things set up. One, one in particular was a smoothie station, which was incredible. And so she says, Dad, can I have $4 to go get a slushy smoothie? Well, I'm part way over there. I'm doing work. I'm like, yes, but I got to go. And before I could turn around, Rusty done got his wallet out and $4 is whooped out. You know, just go let it have what she wants. So I know his girls are rotten. You say, why would you tell us that? To, to, to talk about him? No. I'm talking about it's the simplest of acts. You have the gift to bless others. Your gift has been given to you to bless others. He said, when you give a cold cup of water to the least of these, you've done it unto me. You have the ability to bless others. Ready, set, now we got to go. The go is this. Here's the, remember, here's the last message I preached this series. There's three big areas of ministry. And ministry is using whatever God has given me to serve him and to help people take their next step. Here's these three areas. The physical need. People have a need. I'm, I'm glad I didn't. I, I mean, I, I say this loosely. I'm glad I didn't have my wallet on me because there was a lot of children yesterday. I don't think they got any of the treats that you had to pay for from the vendors. And that's, not a, that's not a downplay on them because we have to provide that. But them kids get me, man. And I'd have been broke. I already had some of them take my... My roll of ones that I keep stashed back and my quarters. And I, do you understand? It's using whatever you got to serve him. And, and I'm telling you, there's physical needs. People, people have needs. And I told you this. If you, you know, it's why we feed our students when they show up every week. And our children. If you can get the belly not to growl, you can open a heart up to listen. Now, it's simple, right? It's just real. It's real simple. And I got some folks around here, you're blessed with, I'm telling you, man, I, 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 that's just like the people that was bragging yesterday about it and congratulate me and want to say, hey, listen, I didn't do any of this, man. You are an amazing group of people. I, you're the most amazing I've ever done life with, man. You, you serve and give. And I've got some people that feed those kids every week. They're going to make sure that they, I'm telling you, you, you get around April and Teresa and Crystal and Jamie and all those folks, they're, you, you gonna, they're not going to let you be hungry. It's just how they work. And, and if I can get the best, and you say, well, that's just one area. No, there's many areas that you could just meet a physical need. The other thing is emotional. Man, pe people, people need encouraged. Life's full of ups and downs. Sometimes it's just to listen. We were, we, we, you know, when you, I want to say this too. You listen to me say amen. If you, if you see me, you see all of one's trustees and leadership, especially Pastor Sandra. Say Amen. If you see Pastor Sandra, you see me, and you see all of one's trustee and staff. We're co-pastors of this flock. And so this, this week we had some crazy things go on, and one of them was, 
was the Gillette family, you know, and we, we're going to go visit here in a little bit, and we're going to have special prayer, we're going we're gonna to pray uh, for, it's just crazy things happen, and I couldn't get there, and so I, I, I knew Sandra was probably finishing up the day, didn't know about any conferences or anything like that going on, and, and I just said, listen, can you go up there, because I imagine, I imagine emotionally, she was a wreck, now I'm going to tell you how God works while I'm still in this neighborhood, right? All right, this is how God has put us together. You're listening to me, you really want to really catch this, right? So Sandra makes her way up there. And so all these connections start happening because she's scared because she's, she's got a man. You, if you follow them on social media, you know, and if you saw follow us on our church, man, paralyzed, can't move, can't operate on it, major, strokes. I mean, it's just crazy, right? So she's scared. Can you imagine? So Sandra goes up there, and then, and then, then watch this. She's got to be transported from the Oconee uh, Hospital over to the Greenville Hospital. And, and guess, guess, who, guess who's driving the ambulance to transport? One of our very own. Chris Martin is driving. It, it, just an extra bit. Of, guess who's on shift over there? One of our very own, Katie Kelly. Don't tell me that God didn't bring us together. Don't tell me God can't use you. Don't tell me God hadn't put you in a place to meet a physical need and an emotional need. You're some of the best to do that, but don't you miss your opportunities because people need you to go. They need you to meet a physical need, an emotional need, and most of all, the most important one is a spiritual need. People are broken. People are hurt. And you don't, you don't have, you do not have to know John 3, 16 you don't have to carry a little track around with you. You don't, you know, I, I don't want you to get all these stereotypical things, all right? I want you to know that God lives in you and that you will walk with him and you will talk with him and that you will hide his word in your heart that you may not sin against him and that when it is time that you will give an answer. Ready, set, go. I need you to get engaged. God's enlisted you. God's equipped you if you want another little outline. And now God's asked us to get engaged. He said, I need you to start right here and go to the ends of the world. I, I've got, I've got a, we've got a couple special guests I told you already before I started. And so I'm going to step aside and let them tell you. And I asked Denise this morning, I said, I, even as a preacher's kid, one of them old PKs, seen a lot. Did you know statistics on a very serious note? Most preacher's kids are not even in the ministry. They watch their dad or their mom or both struggle mightily. The dropout rate is, is, is crazy. It used to be uh, one to two years and the, and the pastor's gone. I think it's even less than that now. But I asked her this morning, I said, when you started this journey, because see, somebody might think, well, she's a preacher's kid, and so she's automatically, no, no, no. I, I said, I bet you never thought this is what she was going to do. She's going to come in just a moment. Sandra's going to introduce her, and she's going to tell you, and I want you to listen. I want you to listen with your heart. Because you may be sitting here and you say, wait a minute, I'm, I'm, I'm this age, there's no way. I, I got to do it age, or, or I'm this age. I, I want you to listen with your heart because the next missionary may be sitting here this morning or watching live, and I want you to listen. In just a moment, Sandra, will you come on up and introduce Nisi? And I want you to welcome her after, after Sandra introduces her with a round of applause, and she's going to speak for just a few moments to you and show you some statistics about where God is calling her. Good morning. It's a pleasure for me to introduce Denise this morning. The Shirley family is and has been very special and influential in my life for a very long time. Um, I actually have known Denise literally since she was a few minutes old. 
Um, I was in the elevator and got off the elevator and uh, found out that she had just been born. I spent the day with the uh, Shirley family in the hospital. So that's how long I've known her. Um, her family has poured into my life and uh, put things into me that even though I may have strayed away from those things, from, from my college testimony perhaps, that it, those things never left me. And I've always admired their family. So even though she may not have known that or thought that she'd be a missionary, um, I do believe that since um, she was conceived and then she was born, she came into this world causing a scene. Everyone was talking about her on the floor um, after she was born. So God knew she was designed for greatness, and that's what he brought her here for. Um, so it is my pleasure to introduce to you Denise Shirley. So please give her your undivided attention. Pray for her. Um, think deeply in your heart. Um, for how we are going to bless her before she leaves, because like he says, she has to raise every single penny um, to follow through with what God has called her to do. Thank you. It is truly an honor to be here with you. Um, I grabbed a Kleenex. I'm not an emotional person, but as the two weeks draw near, and y'all, I don't cry, so this is a big deal, especially in front of other people. Um, but yeah, so... The reason they were talking about me on the hospital floor is because I was a 10-pound baby. And my dad, or my grandfather, always said, if I was a fish, he would have mounted me. So that's the way to come into the world. <laughs> that's the way to get your testimony started, I guess. Um, so thank you so much for having me and um, your heart for mission. Um, it, one is a special church. You guys have a special family, special pastors. Um, it's very rare to have a church like this who understands that your war is not against flesh and other churches. Your war is a spiritual war. You need other churches because you can't do this alone. And so I'm very thankful because you guys have partnered with a well um, and helped us out. And I'm just here to say thank you and um, thank you for your heart for missions. And don't stop. It can be a hard journey, but don't stop. Um, so my story, my Canada story, started in 2007 when I was 14 years old. Um, so 10 years ago, um, my family always did mission trips with our church. And so I want to take a side note and challenge parents. It's your responsibility to teach your children about missions and service. Because if you don't share that passion with them, the world's going to put another passion in them. And you want that passion to be one for Jesus and not the world. But you want to give them a heart for the world, but not to be of the world. Um, so I'm thankful for my family, my dad, David Shirley, and my mom, Kathy Shirley. They instilled that into my sister and I. And so um, I didn't see me being a missionary at all. Being a pastor's kid, you do see the, the horrible side of church. Um, and so it's, it's kind of funny that I'm a missionary, to be honest. <laughs> so in 2007, I went to Calgary, Alberta, Canada. And sorry, I got allergies. Anybody else dealing with allergies? This is nuts. This is the worst I've ever had it. Um, so in 2007, we went and we did a summer camp with a church. And there we taught um, character lessons, how to be a good person, how to be responsible, what does it mean to be kind and honest. Because like, like y'all did yesterday, y'all just loved on the people. Y'all didn't hand out tracts. Because in Calgary, that's very distasteful. You have to build a relationship. So we helped the church start building relationships with a community and not shove Jesus and the gospel down their throat because you have to love them and get to know them. And so it's cool in the past 10 years to see where the church has grown and the camps have grown into where they openly share the gospel and people expect it. And there's love and trust there. Um, and so my family and I have been going for the past 10 years. We haven't missed any years. Um, but in 2010, 2011, and 13, I served 
with the North American Mission Board as an intern um, right after I graduated high school and some summers of college and lived up there in Calgary. And that's when I really fell in love with it. And it broke my heart. When you see what Jesus sees and God sees, it'll break your heart. The way you think, the way you feel, the way you act towards people, um, it'll change. So if you can back up one of the slide, that red arrow is where Calgary is. Um, it's about two and a half to three hours above the Montana border. Um, most people live within five hours of the U.S. border because if you get any more north than that, it gets really, really cold. Um, so that's where it is. And in September of this past year, I surrendered to the call of ministry, um, to the call of missions, um, as you can say. Um, didn't expect it. Um, I knew I'd live in Calgary, but never thought it would be this soon. Um, and I just got to say, what an awesome worship experience we just had. Um, the band, the song, uh, You Can Have It All, Lord. You can raise your hand and sing it with all your heart, but until you mean it, it, it doesn't mean anything. And I can tell you, and I'm not being holier than thou, but it's hard for, it's even hard for me to say, I lay it all down. It's, I have two weeks to go and I can, it was hard for me to say, I lay it all down because I lay it down and I pick it up. I lay it down and I pick it up daily. And so um, I just want to thank you for the reminder to lay it down. That was great. Um, so in September, made the decision, and I was like, oh, I got so much time to be with family and friends and stuff. And then we're two weeks out, <laughs> and I'm freaking out. Um, so that's where Calgary is. On the next slide is downtown Calgary. It's beautiful. If you've ever been up there, or if you ever had the opportunity to go to Calgary, I encourage you to, to go. Um, we take mission teams all year round, so please go. <laughs> Um, Calgary is one of the prettiest cities you'll ever see, but spiritually, one of the darkest you can ever experience. Um, and so being there and having the mountains, the Canadian Rockies are about two hours away, so it's beautiful. Um, and so there's peace about this decision, and there's peace about what the Lord has called me to do. Um, even though, like I said, I'm freaking out at this point, and there has been doubt, but not doubt in God's ability, but doubt in my ability. And it's, there's just been reminders that it's not, it's not based on me. There's nothing I can do for God. God's doing this for him. Like, he's using me, which is humbling. And he wants to use all of you. You may feel very unqualified because let me tell you, I have a marketing degree. I don't have a Christian studies degree. But God's going to use that degree for his purpose. Um, so in this uh, next two weeks, I'm excited and I'm waking up scared. But I have peace about it and excitement to what God's going to do. If you don't have peace and excitement when you wake up each morning, I encourage you to figure out what is God doing in your life? What is he calling you to do to make a change? Um, it's, it's very scary, but I, I promise you it's worth it. Very worth it. So on this next slide, um, you can see some facts about Calgary. Uh, there's 34 million people that live in Canada alone. Um, it's hard for me to read back there. 95% of those people are lost. And some have may never heard the name of Jesus before. Um, we have 2,100 churches in South Carolina. There's only 268 in Canada. And Canada's huge, guys. It's huge. So they have a Canadian National Baptist Convention, and there's only 12,000 people who are members of that out of 34 million people. All right, let me give you some more facts that's so going to break your heart. And this next one. Um, Alberta is the former Bible Belt of Canada. Like, we're the Bible Belt of the United States. Um, in the 50s and 60s, when airplanes would fly over Alberta airspace, 
the pilot or the head stewardess would come on the intercom and say, we are now entering Alberta airspace. We are no longer serving alcohol. There has been a falling out with a Catholic church, and so religion's not important to people anymore. If you ask somebody my age, I'm only 24, and say, tell me about Jesus, tell me about God, they'd be like, my, my grandparents go to church, I, I think. Very scary times. 7% of Calgary's 1.2 million, of 1.2 million people know Jesus. So 93% of those people are 84,000 out of 1.2 million know Jesus. 7%, guys, 7% know Jesus. That's scary. And that's where we're headed as a community and as a state and as a country if we don't get on our horse and get to work. All right, on this next one, Henry Blackaby, we all know from experiencing God, he said, most Canadians know it bet. Most Canadians are not opposed to the gospel. They've just never heard it. They're not opposed to the gospel. This isn't like a scary place where I'm, I'm scared for my life. But they've never heard the gospel, guys. Can you imagine people not ever hearing the name of Jesus? We, don't, we can't imagine that because we're here. But that's, that's a reality for a lot of people. It's, it's really scary. All right, on this next one. Um, my main job will be summer camps. That's a way for us, like you guys did yesterday, to get out and have your faces in the community. Um, my main job is to build relationships. And it's cool that I get to build relationships for the, for the gospel um, and have a meaningful re- relationships. I also get to do some marketing and do life with the youth, which I'm really excited about because the youth age is very influential in the person's life and the direction they're going. So I'm excited and kind of nervous to have that responsibility, to be honest. But um, it's really exciting, and I can't wait to see what God is going to do um, in the years to come. I already have my work permit, which is a huge thing because they can turn me away, or they could have turned me away um, because they protect their borders. How about that? Um, sorry, I had to get political for a second. All right, on this next one, um, this is Harley, my parents and myself in a picture with Harley. Harley is from Great Britain. Um, Calgary is a melting pot of different religions and cultures and um, nationalities. And so he and his family, they come to ch- uh, church camps often, but they've never been to church. And this has been like a nine-year relationship. Never been to church, but they know they're loved and cared for. And that's the most important part because there's one day where they're going to they're gonna walk through those doors and we're going to love them even more. Um, Harley is also a little boy who took a Bible home one day from the camp and read it cover to cover, one of those children's Bibles with all the uh, pictures in it and, like, little words. Um, but there's a hunger. People are, people are looking and searching, and they know they need something. There's an emotional part missing. And so we're hoping as a church and as a network of churches in Calgary to be able to fill that need with Jesus. Um, in this next picture, or next slide, um, Acts 16.9, it says, And a vision appeared to Paul, in the night, a man of Macedonia was standing there, urging him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Calgary needs help. Calgary needs your prayers. Um, it's, a, it's a scary time spiritually there. Um, and I encourage you that you can fill in whatever word you want to with Macedonia. Come over to Seneca, Wahala, Westminster, West Union, wherever you are in your life right now is where God's placed you, and they need your help. And so we're all called, no matter where you are, we're all called to, to be missionaries. It sounds scary, I know, but we're all called to be missionaries. Um, on this next slide, 
you can see a few of missionary needs. Um, I need your prayers. I'm a huge believer in the power of prayer. Um, and I know that things are going to get done by only God. And we're going to look back and say, how did this happen? It's going to be a God thing, which is really exciting. And so pray for the church. Pray that we can um, keep up the faith, keep up with the endurance and patience, because um, it's a long road ahead. Pray for the families of Mahogany, the community that we'll be working in. Um, pray that they are receptive and open and uh, just willing to listen to the gospel. Um, and pray for the church that they'll be there and listen to God's timing. Um, me and my dad, in two weeks, which is crazy, um, are driving 2,500 miles. And if you've ever met me and my dad, we're very much alike, so this is going to be quite the 2,500 miles. Um, but just pray for their smooth transition, great drive, and good family time. It's easy to look at this and be like, oh, I have to drive 2,500 miles. But I'm excited to spend that time with my dad. I love my dad, and I'm, I'm a daddy's girl, so I'm excited to be able to um, pick his brain about a few things because he is smart sometimes, and um, I'm just excited to have family time. That's how I'm looking at it. Um, pray for going through the border um, because we could get stopped and they search through my car, and um, you're, not to, you're not allowed to take certain things up there, um, which, is, which is understandable, but um, just pray for that. And even though I do have my work permit, they still have the right to turn me away. Um, pray for uh, financial support. Being a North American Mission Board missionary, I'm 100% partner funded, which is completely terrifying. But God's going to take care of it. God's going to meet needs, not wants, but needs. And um, he's already met so many needs already by um, providing an apartment, which is huge. A two-bedroom apartment, which is hard to find in my price range. Um, and so, so that way I can host people, mission teams and stuff to come up, and um, my family too. So there's been things God has just confirmed through peace, which is um, a huge blessing and humbling at the same time. Um, pray for my parents. I'm their favorite. And so, <laughs> well, my sister gave them a grandson, so I've kind of got kicked out a little bit, but um, very close to my family. And they also have a heart for missions in Calgary. And so it's very, it's such a blessing to have family that supports you in this. Um, and humbling too, because I don't, not everybody is called to leave and, and to leave their home and go, but we're all called to go at some point, at some capacity. Um, before I close, I do have prayer cards in the back just uh, with a picture on it to remind you to pray for me. Um, there's my contact information and just a few, a few get-to-know-you things about me. Um, if you have any questions, please feel free to ask me afterwards. Uh, the more questions you ask, the more I learn about myself and the trip, um, so please feel free. But I do want to close with this Bible verse. Um, I'm, when I come home, I'm excited to be with family, but I'm also excited to be with churches who understand the missions like you guys do. And it says in Acts, um, Acts 14, verse 27, And when they arrived, they, get, they gathered at church together, and they declared all that God had done with them, and how he opened doors of faith to the Gentiles. I'm so excited to come home and share with you what God's done. Nothing that I've done, but what God has done, and the way he's opened doors and opened... Um, hearts of individuals. And so I want to thank you so much um, for this opportunity. I probably fitted a whole lot of information into one, um, one minute or so. Uh, definitely not one minute. But um, thank you so much, and I appreciate your prayers. Um, my parents appreciate your prayers, and um, especially in the few weeks to come where goodbyes have to come. And um, I do have to say goodbye to my family and my, my nephew, who 
that's been the hardest thing to lay down is, is my nephew. But God's going to provide and he's going to take care. No matter the need and no matter the distance. And so thank you so much for this opportunity. Guys, this is huge. I don't cry in front of people. I promise you that God's doing something great in this church, in this county, because of you. And so thank you so much for your heart for mission and your heart for the people. And I can't say thank you enough, but I appreciate it. And I'll pray for you, pray for me, and pray for um, the work to come in Calgary and in Oconee. Thank you. still on? Yeah, it's beautiful. Come on up just a moment. Hey, we, we, we're going to close in just a few moments, so, so hang 10. We're, we're right on time. Um, I appreciate you trying to make me cry too. Uh, I really do. Uh, I, w- I wanted to give you uh, another, uh, just just a little little snippet, if you'll let me use that word for lack of a vocabulary, of an opportunity for you to ready, set, and go. Uh, it, many of you, I, it doesn't take a whole lot of formal introduction. Um, but I, I do want to say this. Let's move over just a little bit this way, Crystal, uh, especially those watching live. You can go ahead and take the podium. Uh, when I met Crystal uh, several years ago, now we've been doing life together for a minute, and her family, uh, she was quiet and in the, in the back. I don't know what happened to that. <laughs> uh, no, God has really developed her um, and, and, to, and to an amazing leader. It was already there. It's just, it's just been brought out to the surface. Um, and and I, I just wanted to say in front of all of them, uh, I, I could not imagine my ministry, personal ministry, that includes all of this without you and your crew. And so we support you. She's going to share with you an opportunity coming up real soon. She's also got some cards that she's going to share with you. And so I'm going to let her do that. And then I'm going to come back up and, and challenge you uh, one more time. And we're going to do some special things. All right, Crystal, you welcome her with her hand. I just wanted to take a minute to ask all of you to join me the month of April is Child Abuse Prevention Month, and sometimes we don't always think about it, but there's like three, over three million cases that a year is reported of child abuse, and so I deal with that personally every day, and there is a huge need, whether it be in your family, the schools, all kinds of things, and so I am hugely passionate to trying to make a difference to what can we do. So I have these prayers here that I would like each and every one of you, if you want one, just to hang it up somewhere and as you walk by, just to say a prayer. Um, It mainly is just asking us to pray for the abandoned and abused, neglected children. Pray for Collins Children's Home as we take these kids and try to love them and try to teach them. Pray for the foster parents that are working with these kids and have the struggles within their home. Pray for the overworked staff at DSS. Everybody gets so frustrated with them, but they are just as passionate as we are, but they are overworked and they need our prayers to help to support them. Then also our guardian at items that just volunteer to help our kids. I mean, they really need our prayers to lift them up and to remind them that it's a village and we all need to do something. And also pray for the children to hear and believe God's message that he loves them just as they are, where they are, and he has a plan for their life. And so just a little tidbit off of that, the last couple weeks have been a struggle for me. I've had a lot of transition and a lot of things that's made my job very difficult, and at times I felt like, maybe you're done with me here. Maybe I need to go somewhere else. 
So I kept saying, God, I need you to show me. I need you to, something has to come. So I had this little girl walk up to me, and she's part of what had been, I had been struggling with some things. She said, you know, Miss Crystal, I decided today that I told my teacher I wasn't going to lie anymore. And I said, okay, well, that's great. I was just going to tell you how proud I was of some other things I've noticed in the last week or so that you've been doing. She said, but I also told my friend, and my friend said, why would you do that? And she said, because it's a sin, and I'm not going to sin anymore. And she said, my friend said, why would you not sin? What does that mean? And so this little precious eight-year-old child went in to tell this little girl that thought God was her father who God really was. And so... At that moment, God told me that I'm where I'm supposed to be. I'm doing what I'm supposed to be. And I have the best church family around me that is doing the same thing. Because it's not only me that is loving and encouraging these children. It is every one of you from the smiles, the encouragement, and everything. So there is a whole community of people out there that we are all called to love and support. But I pray that each and every one of you will take the time to take one of these cards Remember all these people and remember that we can do this and we are doing this. We just have to continue to pray and continue to love on them and ask God to lead us and guide us in things that we can do. Uh, what, a, what a great opportunity. We, I want to I challenge you a little bit more. I, I told the, the ladies that I was going to use them to uh, help me finish the series so I'm not quite done. Uh, I just want to say to remind you that ready, set, go, all right? You can't spell gospel and you can't spell God without go. Ready, set, go. As we finish this series, imagine if, imagine if you're sitting here this morning and there is someone that you've already come in contact with that God has a special purpose and plan for you in their life. Imagine if, imagine if you're sitting here and we, in the near future, have an opportunity to go to Calvary. And you're sitting here this morning, and you'll think back on this time, whenever that opportunity presents itself, and you'll say, I'm going to go make a difference. I think I can do that. Or imagine if there's a prayer gathering at Collins, at their ministry, at the homes, or at the office, and you'll say, well, I, I got time, I can go. Imagine if you showed up on a Wednesday when we have uh, somewhere, anywhere from 80 to 100 that show up on Wednesday, most of that number is made up of children and students. Imagine if you took the time to just hug one of those kids. Imagine if this morning the person sitting beside you, behind you, or in front of you is hurting deeply and and. They've not let anyone know, but you're strategically, strategically placed this morning to make a difference in their life because when the altar opens in just a couple of minutes, you're going to feel the nudge of the Holy Ghost and you're going to bring them down the altar and you're going to pray or you're just going to take a seat right where you are and you're going to love on them. Imagine if. So let me end with this as our last major thought. It's your turn. It's your turn. It is your turn. I want to challenge you this morning that I don't want you to miss your turn. I don't want you to miss your turn because of failure. 
You see, it took thousands of failures before the light bulb was invented. Just because you have failed at other things simply means that you were willing to try. Even if you didn't know Christ in those failures, now you have a supernatural ability to accomplish something far greater than you could think, dream, or imagine possible for you. It's your turn. And I don't want you to miss your turn. I don't want you to miss your turn because of failures. Let me remind you that God works best in the mist. He can take a failure and bring greatness out of that failure, and he will show you along the journey how come you failed in that moment and raise you to greatness in and out of that moment. I don't want you to miss your turn because it's your turn. I don't want you to miss your turn because of failure. I don't want you to miss your turn because of fear. What are you afraid of? What are you afraid of? I can do all things through Christ who strengthened me. I don't have to be afraid of anything. And I'm telling you right now, I, I, I found myself, we've, we've told this story over and over, right? And it, it got posted and I've been asked multiple questions about what actually happened at the soup kitchen out back. Listen, I just like to have the appearance of being a tough guy. I'm really a baby. You know what I'm saying? I'm a mama's boy. She had me crying over there talking about being a daddy's girl. Oh, my girls one day, I'll say, I'm a daddy's girl. I was just crying and, and, and God will use them. I found myself last week headed toward a guy that's got a knife in his hand ready to stab another guy. What are you afraid of? I didn't have anything to be afraid of. I didn't even think of fear. And not because I'm some tough martial arts specialist ninja in disguise, man. Oh, I just love the Lord and I, I didn't want anything like that to happen. I don't care who was at fault or what was the reason. And all I could really think in my mind is I just, I just saw Reese come by with her dad and they were, they were going to eat a bite. What are you afraid of? You don't have to be afraid of anything. You don't have to be afraid of a 2,500-mile trek. You don't have to be afraid of anything. God will supply all your needs according to his riches and glory. All your needs will be supplied. He's already gone before you. He knew what it would take to get you here this morning. He knew what it would take to bring a word afresh and alive to you, to say there's opportunities. Even if you don't go to Calgary, you can go right here in the backyard, and you don't have to be afraid. You don't have to feel like you lack because you've been a failure. You're a success. As a matter of fact, maybe God allowed you to fail in those moments to raise you to greatness in this moment. I don't want you to miss your turn, one. It's our season. This community needs something different like this. It's not a denominational wall or boundary. We're not in competition. We don't, we're not jealous. We're not trying to outdo. We're not trying to outperform. We're just trying to make a difference in the kingdom of God. It's your turn. You don't have to be afraid. You don't have to worry about your failures. And listen, let me say this last thing. You don't have to miss your turn because you're fatigued. This journey can wear you out. Life can wear you out. That's why you got to know your shape. That's why he said, I'm getting you ready. I've set you up for greatness. It's not in you. It's Christ in you, the hope of glory. It's not on your own abilities. I don't want you to miss your turn because you failed already.
because you're afraid or because you're wore out. I'm reminded and was reminded this morning as I listened to preaching and, and preparing my soul for study and getting going through my ritual that I do on Sunday morning. Ritual is kind of a weird word to use there, but I just have this, it's just from my sports days, I've got this certain way I go through preparation and get myself ready, and, and it's, it's just the way I am, and it's partly OCD. And so I'm listening, I'm reminded of the story of David when he was called to be king. And I was thinking about this, about you not missing your turn. Listen, do you know, do you know when, when, when David was anointed king, do you, do you know what he did? He, he didn't go get the latest uh, sled of camels. He didn't go get the Versace. He didn't go, he didn't go get his nice royal robe and fit. He didn't do that. You know, he went right back out into the fields. Did you know how he walked into his destiny even though he was already anointed to be king? Do you know how he walked into his destiny? Let me remind you of the story in case you missed Vacation Bible School growing up. You know how he walked into his destiny? He, he was told to take a, 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 a batch of food to his brothers on the battlefield. Did you know that? And when he got to the battlefield, you remember the rest of the story? He steps up into the faith and the power of God. He goes out and he slays the giant. And love, people love to hear that because he got giants in their life. We get this right. But you know that David, because he was willing to do the small things and be faithful at doing the small things, that servanthood that I've been talking about, about taking the need to help somebody else. I don't want you to miss your turn because you're fatigued because you've been trying and trying and trying. Listen, hey, listen, it may be your time. It's just not your turn yet. You see, it's our time, and when our turn comes, I need you to be ready, set, and go. I don't want you to miss it because you're a failure, because you're not, because you are valued. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. You are not to be afraid of anything. There is nothing to lord over you. He is king of kings and lord of lords, and if he's called you and equipped you and going to send you, he will provide every step of the way. He tells us to not grow weary in doing well. So if you're just looking at small things and you're just being faithful to small things, how in the world can he promote you to greatness if you're not willing to do the small things and do them when nobody's looking and do them faithfully? It's your turn. It's your turn. So I want you to stand to your feet with me this morning as we finish our service together. And I send you to the mission field. We're going to do a couple of things this morning. First one is this, every head bowed, every eye closed. I don't want you to miss your turn. It's your turn to be saved this morning. If you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, it is very, 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 very simple. It's not an ABC prayer. It's not some kind of canned word. It's nothing. It's, it's just the name of Jesus, and you've got to believe in your heart, not in your head. You don't have to have it all figured out. It's about faithing it in. But you got to believe in your heart that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, that he lived a sinless life. That he died on Calvary's cross, and on the third day he arose from a borrowed tomb because he only needed it those three days. If you will believe by faith that Jesus died just for you, and you will say that, whether it's out loud or from your heart, in this moment, God will save you. So you, you do it like this. You say something like this. You say, Jesus, because there's no other name. Jesus, save me. I turn from the way I've been living and I embrace your way and your will for my life. I don't understand it all, but I know I need you. I want what they have. In Jesus' name, nobody looking.